Our scripture this morning is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that, with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the work of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Karen, and thank you, Rachel and Emily, for the beautiful music, and all of you for being a part of this service on this All Saints Day. The pain and the grief that we experience when we lose a loved one is sometimes exceeded only by the pain and the grief and the hurt and the anger we experience when it comes time to read the will, so to speak, and divide up the stuff. If every family represented here today were to have a historical novel, or maybe hysterical novel written about itself, I'm willing to bet that in every book published there'd be at least one chapter given over to describing the agony involved in settling the estate of a dearly departed ancestor. I know that chapter would be included in my family's story and maybe in your family's story as well, if we're being honest. If you really want to see someone's true colors, just allow yourself to get mixed up in this inheritance business with a bunch of folks that you thought you knew well. Still traveling down the same road, but we'll change gears and talk about another aspect of inheritance, jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those eyes? We are what we are and who we are, physically speaking, to a large extent because of heredity. We inherit many of our physical traits, traits and characteristics from our elders, our ancestors. And this may also be true emotionally speaking, let a toddler pitch a temper tantrum in church or somewhere else, and somebody's going to ask, well, I wonder who they got that from. The fires of many a marital spat have been ignited by one of the parents attempting to answer just such a question. There does appear to be, though, a large body of evidence which suggests that many of our emotional traits and characteristics are inherited, just as our physical characteristics are inherited. No doubt we've all got some characteristics that we blame on heredity, and no doubt as well we've all got some characteristics that we credit to those who have come before us. 
For good or for ill, what we inherit, whether in the realm of the material or physically and emotionally, determines to some extent what kind of person, what kind of folks we turn out to be. In our epistle lesson for today, and thank you, Karen, for reading that, verse 18, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. We sort of know what an inheritance is, or at least we have some ideas about that. But what's a saint? Brooke mentioned it in her children's time today. It could be a member of a professional football team from a city to the west of here. Could be a holier-than-thou type referred to sarcastically as a saint. You mean she said that about me? Well, listen, she ain't no saint either. We've all said and heard those kind of things. Could be a stained glass window kind of person, not very involved in the nitty gritty of life on this planet. Somebody that just seems to be above it all. Could be one of those folks who wrote one or more of the books and the letters in the New Testament. St. Luke, St. John, St. Paul, St. Peter, and there are so many others. Could be just an ordinary individual who was faithful to Jesus Christ all of their days, faithful where they worked, faithful where they went to school, faithful where they lived, faithful in their church and their community of faith. And I believe that this is more in line with what Paul had in mind. Saint was used to describe a believer in the New Testament. It's another word for a servant. I used to think a souped up servant, but not even that. A servant, a follower of Jesus. One called and set apart by God to be of service in this world, to make a difference, to be a Jesus follower day after day after day. This definition of a saint broadens things out a little bit and allows us to honor the folks whose names we've called today and others, loved ones, that we think about every All Saints Day, folks from years past who have blessed us and shaped us. And being a saint is something you do where you are. It's easier to be a saint, isn't it, when you're separated from the folks that know you, that really know you. Easier to be a saint, separated from folks by historical time and by geographical distance. I read a story about Anatole France. It said that when he was a little boy, he read the story of St. Simeon's Stylites. St. Simeon was a saint, obviously, who spent 30 years on top of a 60-foot column or pillar in Syria. 30 years, and for some reason, decided that this little boy was reading about that. He decided he was called to perform a similar act or a similar deed. He had to do something sort of like that. So he went into his kitchen. He climbed up on the kitchen cabinet, and he stayed there all morning. But at lunchtime, he got down. His mother understood what was happening. And she said, now, you mustn't feel bad about this. You have at least made the attempt to stay up there. Most folks would never even do that. But you must remember that it's very difficult to be a saint in your own kitchen, your own house, your own school, your own place of work, your own church. 
It's tough to be a saint around folks who know us and who know what the Christian life is all about. And we think about those whose memory we've gathered to honor this day. Let's recall in our own hearts and in our own minds ways that they all managed to be saints right where they were in this church, in this community, in their homes. Inheritance, ownership by virtue of birthright. What is the inheritance of those that Paul speaks of, those who are born anew into the kingdom of God? What is the inheritance of those whose memories we've gathered to honor this day? What is our inheritance in God through Jesus the Christ? The inheritance of the saints are the riches of God. Paul talks about this in other places too, Romans 10, 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and bestows his riches upon all who call upon him. And in chapter eleven thirty three, Paul writes to the Romans, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. And in one of the phrases that we read this morning, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, the riches of God, abundant life in this world, eternal life that begins now and continues into the world to come, the riches of God available to all of us. And there's no shortage ever. There's no limited amount of wealth to be divided among a few greedy relatives. There is an abundance, and there is plenty for all. Now, we must wait to experience some of God's riches. Those whose names we call this morning have moved on. They are ahead of us in this thing. They are experiencing all the riches and all the abundance of God. And one day those promises will be ours as well. But until then, we continue to love and serve and make a difference, knowing that For those whose names we've called, the will's been read. And they were all included. The abundance of God's riches. The inheritance of the saints is that every need shall be supplied. And my God shall supply all of your needs, writes the Apostle Paul, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God has been so good to us. How easy it is to overlook that, to supply not all of our greeds, not all of our wants, but all of our needs, all of our deepest needs. God has provided for us. And one thing we know about the saints we have known who have loved and who have died in the faith is that they lack for nothing. They lack for nothing. They surround the throne of our God. Their voices are raised in praise to the lamb who was slain. And they are worried about nothing for all their needs have been supplied. And when we join our praise with theirs, we realize that they are a part of this cloud of witnesses that we read about in the book of Hebrews that are cheering for us and pulling for us and encouraging us when we get down and when we get discouraged about the way Things are going around us. The inheritance of the saints is that we will all be strengthened. Ephesians 3.16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened by his might. To be with someone we love dearly as they face death requires, I believe, a supernatural strength that we cannot call forth from within ourselves. It comes from beyond us. 
it comes from God. And I know some of you can testify to this. I've seen some of you, I've seen other folks display the supernatural kind of strength in the face of excruciating pain and suffering and imminent loss. Not to give up, but to know that God's strengthening process continues in their lives and in ours. And the strength that comes from God might be most evident when we put one foot in front of the other and attempt to carry on our lives without that person that we believed we could never live without. John Killinger was writing about the difference between a cynic and a saint. And he had this to say. He said, the cynic is a person who knows the value, the price of everything and the value of nothing. Perhaps a saint is one who knows the price of nothing and the value of everything. Those saints we have gathered to honor and others we have known and loved Know the value of everything, everything that matters, everything that makes a difference, that is. Now, how about the saints who still linger here? Do we comprehend the value of our inheritance? God, help us so to do. Amen.